Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are joined by the lovely Laura, and we are going galactical and doing the fifth element. Thank you, Laura, for joining us. We're super excited. Thank you for having me. And if you missed our wonderful teaser episode, I couldn't even get words out, sorry. (laughs) Um, You need to go check it out. Stop, pause, go back, go listen, and find out who Laura is, because I'm not going to give you a hint. You got to go no. back and listen. She's a mystery. I'm an enigma. <laughs> Jackie, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Fifth Element? The Fifth Element is a 1997 science fiction action film set in the 23rd century. The film's central plot involves the survival of planet Earth, which becomes the responsibility of Corbin Dallas, a taxicab driver and former special forces major after a young woman falls into his cab. To accomplish this, Dallas joins forces with her to recover four mythical stones essential for the defense of Earth against the impending attack of a malevolent cosmic entity. It stars Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, Gary Oldman, and Chris Tucker. It's written by Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. And it was also directed by the director. I just want to preface that this is a classic. We wanted to support the movie. And unfortunately, I know I found some things out about the director that were concerning. He is the director of The Professional. And so we'll try not to go on like a crazy rant about him being a poo-poo face just to keep it on the movie. But we do not support him. No, but we support Corbin Dallas Multipass. Yes. (laughs) And it is available to rent on Amazon Prime. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. That's some cosmic-ass trash. (laughs) So we're going to start with you, Laura. What is your Y2K rating? Okay, so I had this conversation with my dad and my brother, and I was like, I don't remember how this movie came into my life. It wasn't something I actively wanted to go see. So Y2K Laura is going to give it a five-day rental. Okay. Jackie? So Y2K Jackie never watched this movie, shockingly. <laughs> not, not surprised. There is this gap. We we don't know when it ends. I don't even know when it begins, but there's some, <laughs> there's some quality-ass movies in between that Jackie just, it's like, I don't know. Well, and the funny thing is Miss Terry and my brother Johnny like watched it all the time. They would always talk about Fifth Element. And to me, it's like space, like can take it or leave it. Like if it wasn't Star Trek at the time, I had no use for any sci-fi except for Gattaca, but we'll get there one day. So yeah, I just had no interest in watching it. But once I watched it after I started dating Ken, 
quickly became a favorite. So yeah. Y2K Danielle, five day rental, watched it would come on HBO a lot. And I don't think I really knew what the hell was going on, but I watched it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, like yes. to this day, I think I still don't understand what I'm watching. <laughs> Are we going to get I, into that as we talk about the movie? That's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of confusion on my part. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Why don't you tell us about the box office, Danielle? Sure. One thing that wasn't confusing was the fact that people went to see this movie. The budget for this movie was $90 million. And it grossed $263.9 million worldwide. The movie was the most expensive European film ever made at the time of its release. And the director admitted that he never thought the film would be so divisive. The response in the U.S. was at the time very deceptive for me. The film was probably too ahead of its time. The film did $70 million at the box office. We opened at number one, but I went to a couple of cities in the middle of America where I saw people leaving in the middle of the screening saying, what the fuck is this thing? I have an answer for you, director. (laughs) (laughs) And the answer is Bruce Willis. That is why people went to see this fucking movie. The answer is Bruce Willis in a tank top. Yeah, the answer is Mila was half naked in duct tape. Fair. Yeah. Fair. And then Chris Tucker, like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) So it's not to love. (laughs) So here's the thing. If this movie had come out, maybe like now I could see it doing really well. But at that time, I'm actually surprised because it's almost it has all the elements of an art house film. Mm hmm but it is like a big budget film. So, you know, it is very artsy outside of the box. It, you know, even this character, even Chris Tucker's character was way ahead of his time. Yes. And having a female being able to hold her own, there's, you mm -hmm. know, it it just was not what was happening at that time. For 1997, like that's a big deal. Yeah, where the protagonist was a female. She was the one that was driving the movie. And then the males in the movie were kind of just the supporting roles, which unheard of. Yeah. I think the only, the few times that they tried to do that previously, The Long Kiss Goodnight, which so many people missed out on and it flopped when it shouldn't. It was an amazing movie. And Gina Davis- I think it was probably hurt by the fact that Cutthroat Island movie, I think she did, mm-hmm. which was really bad. I think if that had done better, maybe this wouldn't have been as a surprise. But yeah, we had a few action female leads and they didn't always crush it at theaters, unfortunately. So glad this one did well, though. Yeah. For the cast. And it really launched Mila Jehovah's career. I think prior to this, she had only done Dazed and Confused or yeah. maybe had some other small minor roles, but. And mm-hmm. modeling at the time mm-hmm. too. Yeah, she was also a model. Yep. 
Yeah, she was young just... in this movie too. I think, what was she like, 21? I thought she was 19. Wow. Oh, well, that makes sense because her and the director ended up getting together and married. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not surprised. I believe she was 19. I'll double check that though. I, I think she was 21 when they, by the time they got married. So I think they started at 19. And wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where do we start? I remember Luke Perry. I have in my notes that we see lots of stars or meteors going through the sky. (laughs) It's a credits roll. (laughs) But we're in a galaxy. We see just like this looming (laughs) shot of a spaceship just like floating in space. And then it cuts to... Is it Egypt? Yes. In 1914. Yes, Egypt. Mm-hmm. And then you see child labor. Aziz, life. Life. <laughs> Ken and I yell that at each other all the time. Like, Luis if and I, I do the same. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite is to wait till he gets all the way into the bed. And then I'm like, Aziz, life. He's like, <laughs> God damn it. And he has to get up and turn the lights off. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very evil laugh. And you should stop torturing your husband, Jackie. <laughs> Luke Perry is tallying how many times Aziz gets yelled at. Aziz, light, so. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, so over it. It made me a little sad because I totally forgot he was in this movie. And then yeah. he was on the screen and I'm just like, oh no. Every time I see the movie, I'm like, it's Luke Perry. Like every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's brand new every time. It is. <laughs> I'll see the credits and I'll see it's Luke Perry. And I'm like, where was Luke Perry in this? And there, there he is as Billy. And I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> he did this a lot. Like at, at this time he was at like the height of his career with 90210 or whatever, or maybe this is when he ventured to try to go do movies, but like you see him just pop up in these random movies yeah. and you're just like, huh, there you are. A little, a little <laughs> surprise every time. Yeah. <laughs> So the priest is, I guess he's trying to decipher some hieroglyphics that are on the mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. He's very excited. Yeah, he is. He's this so is so hype. This is like the discovery of a century. That's he's how got his feel. little brush and he's dusting off the hieroglyphics and he's like, <laughs> Billy, look at this. <laughs> he's, he's so enthralled in this that he has no idea that there is a clothed man Yes, lurking around the corner, watching his moves (laughs) in the shadows. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just trying to figure out like what's happening here. Does he not want him to make the discovery of a century? It's weird. And he's he's ready to sabotage some shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. I don't know why this really amused me. Like when the priest like runs into one of the kids, because like one of the kids is like looking from behind the wall and then the priest kind of like shows up and surprises him. (laughs) And he tells the kid, go with God, be safe from evil. And I was like, I love that. Like, can we switch that from the Catholic peace be with you? Like if we could just start saying that, like, I think. Or if the Catholic priest would do that instead of, you know, yeah. other things with the poor Send children. the children away. Yes. Send the children away. Be at peace yes. away from me. Yes. Thank be you. Be safe from evil. And be away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I just, I liked it enough to put it in my notes and I was just like, go with God, be safe from evil. 
so and this- so he he deciphers the hieroglyphics and essentially it's every 5000 years when three planets are in eclipse a black hole of evil <laughs> comes about and it so <laughs> did, have you guys seen the marie calendar's burnt pie no. Yes, on Facebook. That's what the black hole looks like <laughs> is the Marie Calendar's burnt pie. I have it, a lot of questions about the great evil and we'll go into it yes. 100, 100% <clears throat> throughout the movie. Like just Be- so many questions. Because I have questions. <laughs> During the movie, I just kept saying, Danielle is confused. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're confused. No, a lot. no, 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 no. I'm not normally confused. I just don't remember. There's a difference. This is confusing shit. The math ain't math in this movie. So my next note is not Obi Wan Kenobi takes the water that is poisoned. <laughs> and then he's like, "You cannot toast with water," and just like. Go get a drink. Yeah. And the priest it's is the like, fucking oh. desert. He's like, Why are you do, man? He's like, just tossing my poison water to the side. It was very Emperor's New Groove. Like, <laughs> trying to poison someone and your plan is foiled. And then he also deciphers in the hieroglyphics water, fire, earth, air around a fifth one, a fifth element. Ooh. They didn't teach us that in Avatar the New Airbender. (laughs) (laughs) And then like in the, because he's not able to poison the guy fast enough, then this fucking ship comes. This giant spaceship. Huge ship. And I don't know how to describe the physicality of the alien. I don't know if he, he looks like a Ninja Turtle in a robot, like the roundness. I describe them as metal armadillos yes I, and yes and i hate armadillos so i described the mondoshi ones as metal duck platypus things <laughs> like when the doors of the spaceship open and then they're waddling out down the ramp they do have a very lovely waddle it's a very distinct <laughs> so laura can you explain why these aliens who have dedicated their life to making sure that the fifth element stays a secret and it's only in certain hands, mm-hmm. why they get so ups- like, are they afraid that this archaeologist guy is going to talk about it and then other people will know there's a fifth element? Is the fifth element, be- because we learned it's a weapon to stop mm-hmm. the dark calendar pie. Marie calendar pie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> are they just trying to protect a secret so no one knows about it the way I understood it when I was watching again because this was the first time I watched it with subtitles so it was like I was actually reading I, I was getting a little more insight so the way I understood it is they were like shit's about to get real and we just want to make sure that it's safe. Like, we just want to make sure that the fifth element is safe. And that's why the priest is like, you can't leave us empty handed. What are we going to do? How are we going to defend ourselves? And that's when they make the promise, like in 5,000 years, we're going to be back. So it almost like they just wanted to be like extra, extra sure that she or it at the time, because we don't know, we don't know, is going to be safe. And that way they knew they could bring her back. So that's the way I understood it. They were like, we're just, we're feeling a little paranoid about this. Let's make sure she's in our care. But we all know that that doesn't go 
according plan. to plans. No. no. <laughs> and why wouldn't you, much like the Infinity Stones, scatter the elements throughout the galaxy? Why have all of the stones together and then In just a lovely keep... briefcase? Yeah, dandy dandy <laughs> briefcase. His poor management is what it is. Like, no, I don't sorry. understand. So, okay. <laughs> we do this every 5,000 years. <laughs> together. <laughs> so the platypus slash armadillo robot alien the she would. Yes. he, he goes, he gets, he gets, he goes into the wall thing, right? Like yeah, he, goes, he like inserts his little finger and then the key comes out and then yeah, it, like, he has a finger the wall, key. And then it opens. <laughs> and for some reason, Luke Perry's character gets real nervous and starts he gets real hype. Yeah, he gets he gets his gut, he gets his gat out, and he's like threatening because you know that's what that's what men do. I don't he's know. a cowboy. Yeah, I, my, I got my notes my say Billy is losing his shit. Yeah, he is, he's losing like, his. <laughs> But he's also like a punk because he ain't shot nothing. You're doing a lot of talking, but you ain't doing nothing. It's not till Billy falls and trips and pops off and kills <laughs> the poor armadillo. Is it is just like, I think he just like shoots shot him. him. Yeah, I think yeah. he just, and maybe like the wiring, like in my head, and I wrote a very like I wrote a, a very long paragraph of like how do they function? Are they born? Are they is it armor? <laughs> like I went on a whole thing, but in my head they're beings, and that's just their armor. And so I think it just uh, got like in in between, and the wiring was messed up, and then you just see him kind of like fall <laughs> <laughs> to the side. And um, oh, we but we missed the part where the metal armadillos show up, and the is it the archaeologist turns to it and goes. Uh, are, are, are you German? German? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, they like uh-uh. shake their head. <laughs> so we have identified they may be robots, they may be beings, but they are definitely not not German. German. <laughs> Hashtag not German. Hashtag not German. <laughs> so homie gets shot. He pop, he like falls back. The wall closes. Somebody grabbed the key. The, the priest. Well, the priest. Yeah, he, well, key. he sticks his finger key out of like the Indiana Jones closing wall. And yeah. he's like, you must protect it. Because the he, perfect okay. being is going to save us all. Yeah. Because at this the point, priest. the other Mundelshi one, they've taken the stones, they've taken the fifth element, they've like walked out of the like the vault or the chamber. Gotcha. And then the priest is freaking out and he's like, I got it under control. Like I'm fine. And he's like, no, you don't. And then Billy shoots him. So the wall starts closing and he's like awkwardly waddling towards the wall. As it's closing. <laughs> I will but do if this he every has, time. <laughs> if he gives the key, why can't he open the wall again? I don't know. That's one so thing that's I don't know. Because the little... priest is like, hurry up. You're running out of time. And then, you know, the Mondashi one's like, time is not important. Only life <laughs> is important. And he sticks his little hand out and then gets crushed. <laughs> So I guess that equals death. Yeah, that was weird. Some weird <laughs> shit. So then they like, right? They like they go back onto the spaceship, and then the pre like run. The priest runs out with the key, and he's like, "I will tell the story." <laughs> <laughs> I love how Laura is just gonna reenact the entire thing, and Don't I you. am here for it. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. How will I know this? <laughs> then we fast forward lots of years. Three hundred. 
300 years. <laughs> and who do we see next? Because I want to say it's Bruce Willis, but it may be Gary Oldman. I cannot remember. So it's yeah. every 5,000 years, the eclipse happens and the Marie Callender pie shows up. <laughs> but this is 300 years yes. prior to the 5,000 year event. Yeah. So my notes say that we're in space command because this is what I was thinking about earlier. It's just like a random like military ship and they're out mm-hmm. there and they're like investigating the Marie Callender bird pie. Yeah. It's just kind of like looming there. And they're and like it's moving pretty of, fast. Too. It's mm-hmm. moving fast. They're trying to growing. They're trying right. to take its its temperature. They're trying to like, what is this? And they think it's a black hole, but then it starts to morph. And then here's my thing, and I've never understood it, and I'm just going to pose the thought now so we can all ponder on it. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone interacts with the great evil with the Marie Callender burnt pie, they it's like chocolate sauce oozes from their head (laughs) chocolate sauce from the head so like ever since I saw this movie I'm like why is chocolate sauce dripping from their head I think it's supposed to be blood but that is Hershey's like chocolate sauce (laughs) it is chocolate sauce so I I researched because I had the same question (laughs) and so some people are because everyone's like it's not blood because he's not bleeding so what people, what the common theory is, is that it's the evil seeping out of him. Like the, um, the great Marie calendar pie in the sky is like drawing the evil out of him if he doesn't do what the pie wants. Okay. And we also have to remember that the director started writing this movie or this story at 16. He wrote I it. Mean, I get it. He started writing it. He never looked at it as being a movie. I think he wanted mm-hmm. to make it a book. And then la- years later, he he changed. But this is from a child. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, in my notes, I know, like, I'm skipping around. But, like, when I said nobody knows what the orb is, and I think the commander says, shoot first and ask questions later, I just wrote, how American. Yeah. Like Exactly. Can, can we? Okay, so we're on this ship, right? The yeah. Federation. I'm gonna just call it that. I don't know what it is. I like it. Yeah. We got a black president, y'all. And is Devo. We got Devo <laughs> as a president. Can we talk about that? Not mad at it. <laughs> and if you don't know, Devo is from Friday. He is the president <laughs> in this movie. The fact yes. that I have to explain that, I, I don't even why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> I never know. But I, I was gonna say something else. Like I later on, like, can we talk about how he always gives people very specific times to relay information? Like <laughs> yes. it happens a few times throughout the movie where he's like, You have three seconds to tell me how the world is gonna be. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I like, like you're uh, the president, like you need to hear people out. <laughs> I like that the boss is trying to manage his time. <laughs> I ain't got time for you to be spinning your wheels with it. Take whatever you were going to say and cut that shit in half. I got to move on. At least I'm telling you in advance and not cutting you off. I think it's respectful. <laughs> I, I guess I can see that. And it's, you know, very on brand for him because he continues to do it. Like he just loves giving specific increments. I love a consistent leader. I love time management. Tell me the faults. I don't see it. <laughs> Now we are on the Federation ship thing. <laughs> With the president. With the president. The Marie Calendar Burp Pie is large and in charge, and they're trying to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. And 
So now it is 300 years later. So the eclipse is about to happen. And this is when we really could use a heroine to save the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say that in that section with the president, you know, like you see the young priest and then you get like a zoom in on another priest with a yes. very snazzy belt buckle. <laughs> And it's the four elements. And then he sits down. And in my notes, I just wrote Cornelius. <laughs> and the young priest wears a Devo hat from yes. the band Devo. Yes. From the Whip It video. Is it like a, a fez? I, I, who knows? I always thought it was going to be like a space yarmulke. Like that's what it reminds me <laughs> Let's go with that. I like space yarmulke. Like a futuristic yarmulke. They try to explain to the president what's going on. Vito's like, hey, I am the contact for the Montochiwin. They're supposed to be bringing the weapon back to us. Right. You need to give them passage. And then that's when they get the alert that there's a Montochiwin spaceship trying to get clearance. Right. And And they get attacked by... I don't know what these other aliens are. They're mad. I want to call them the indigenous space invaders because <laughs> it seems like they don't, they're nomadic because they used to have a place and they've been kicked out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say oh, the, the Mangalores. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I'm not mad at them. They're just trying yeah. to survive. They are. I think I skipped ahead because I do remember the next it's Bruce Willis in his. Yes. Apartment, so my apologies. No worries. So we're, we're seeing some stuff we're getting, happening, you know, we're getting to everyone in <laughs> yeah. the, in the 300 year f- future. Yeah. So we do see Bruce Willis. He is in his New York apartment and is very utilitarian. Like yeah. everything has like a dual purpose or yeah. flips into something else. There is a very cross-eyed cat which I loved yeah I I was thinking I was like oh you know what you can tell this is like it has the like this is a bachelor's apartment yes you know because it's like empty he's trying to quit smoking his life is in shambles there's no food in the fridge like everything's just like rock bottom this man is alone like this is a bachelor's apartment and his mother calls a lot oh his mom just kind of (laughs) yeah it just keeps sounding more and more like my life as we continue. <laughs> but I, your house is clean. Yes. Yes. Thanks, mom. She, she came over and cleaned this. Week. And I like how even as we're being introduced, or at least I picked up on it like this last watch because I was actually watching it like not to be in the movie, but to be like, oh, what's going on around? But I like how as we're being introduced to Bruce Willis's character, Corbin Dallas, like in the background, there's an ad for Flossed in Paradise and for mm-hmm. the giveaway playing on the TV. And it was like featuring Ruby Rod. So it's kind of like already a thing. Yeah. It also pans to like an award or something. So you see that he's ex-military and mm-hmm. he used to be a major. So it's kind of giving you this backstory of Corbin Dallas. Also shout out to Bruce Willis's hair. You know, we don't get a lot of movies with his hair. True. <laughs> this is when hair. he still had it. And Not it's a lot. very bleached. It's very, this is probably why he lost the rest of this. <laughs> Not a smart move. I was going to say, like later on, I was going to say, can we just talk about the fashion in the movie? Oh, we are that going was a choice. To. But I was, I really liked how like an orange tank top was as, as avant-garde 
as Bruce Willis was willing to go with like, yes. the way everybody else looks. <laughs> yeah. Like that was his limit. It's interesting <laughs> even how he became a part of the movie because he was not the first choice to play Corbin, which I don't know how that's even possible. I can't even see anyone other than Bruce Willis playing this role. I know. I'm actually trying to find out who was the other person? It was it was Mel Gibson, another he who shall not be named. So yeah, so they offered, they sent the script over to to Mel, and he was just like, yeah, no, mm-mm. I don't, I don't get this, I don't vibe with this. This is gonna be a hard no. Yeah, and I think he saw the renderings of the. No, it's actually not Bruce Willis's part. It's the person who's going to play Chris Tucker's role. It was offered to Prince. Wow. And Prince actually couldn't see himself doing this role. Now, think about this. Prince, who had an outfit with his ass cheeks out. Yes, I was about to say, like, he wore something very similar already. (laughs) He thought that the costumes who were designed by Jean-Paul Gaultier was too feminine for him prince prince thought that prince sir sir i'm sorry what (laughs) prince what were you doing in the 80s like (laughs) and just think about like there i we hear about this more now that there are collabs with designers on certain shows and movies now it's very in the very trendy to do now but this was way ahead of the time like Mm -hmm. we weren't seeing art collaborations like this on Mm -hmm. this level and I I mean the clothes are you can watch this when you watch this movie now it is still pretty epic I would wear some of these clothes if I had the body (laughs) to put some of them on yeah yeah the movie really the effects the clothing it still holds up Mm -hmm. to today's standards it's another one of those movies where it it doesn't feel dated other than you know that the actors and actresses are 20 years older now (laughs) and we don't we also don't get color like this in movies Mm -hmm. anymore I saw this girl on TikTok was talking about this that there was a shift somewhere after like maybe the early 2000s where we don't get bright lights and color rich colors in the way that we used to and some people say it's because we switched the way that we from film to digital Mm -hmm. but I I don't think that's it but we got beautiful colors in this time period I feel like digital very much would lend itself to bright vibrant colors like Coco and Encanto that were like colors used to propel the story yeah we just we don't get colors like this especially during this time the aesthetic of just like that hot pink you know we don't get that. Where where are our colors? And let it's, me just say. It's a very, very warm feeling movie. Yeah. And I think that's why it kind of draws you in because you just feel nice watching it. Like the colors yeah. are soothing. It's not like an Ozark where everything is blue blue and muted and kind of gloomy. It's very bright and sunny. Yeah. So we meet Bruce. We're in his tiny apartment, which 
feels very Japanese in a, in a sense because they don't have a lot of space, so they have a lot of furniture that's dual usage, which like I multi-purpose. Think is, yeah. And then his doorbell rings. <laughs> and then his doorbell rings. <laughs> and it's the guy. I don't know what this actor's name is, but I instantly knew that it was the guy from Amelie, and I got really excited. He's a French actor, so it made sense. But I love that movie. So Bruce Willis looks out the peephole no one's there it's just the hallway so he opens the door and the guy has a picture of the empty hallway on his head (laughs) and he looks up and he's tweaking out of control has this gun and he says give me the cash cash. (laughs) in my notes i just have give me the cash in all caps and I wrote nothing else needs to be said like, what? <laughs> what are we doing if we don't know this scene and Bruce a- is so calm in this scene like he is not phased by this drug addict crazy he's person. like giggling at him yeah. yeah and he's like oh your safety is on the yellow button and the guy is- I just kind of <laughs> excuse me and the guy's like and then bruce willis disarms him and he has so, a bigger gun yes yeah he <laughs> like, just pulls out a row like a, it's almost like a closet <laughs> yeah him. and he's just like i'll hold on to this for you and his little rack with all his like <laughs> you know weapons that he's acquired and just and, puts it on and the, the guy shelf. goes it's okay, okay. I, don't I don't need, need it, it. And then does this like a dance jig situation? <laughs> it's very Ashley Simpson on SNL. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Before she does her little hoedown. Yes. You know, I like a little shuffle. So anyway, yeah. Uh, now the the ship with the elements has been attacked by the, the Gargo demon. Gargo demons. How do you say that? The Mangalores. Mangalores. Yeah. I don't know why I put Gargo. Oh, <laughs> because they look like the shit demon from Dogma. Oh, so yeah. I just named it that. I mean, that's fair. That's so fair. their their ship is destroyed, and they think there's no survivors. And mm-hmm. the priest is very sad. Him and his little priest boy leave, head home. They're very I think, sad. yeah, they're like, then, huh? But so when they took everything. The supreme being was in a sarcophagus, no? Mm-hmm. Yes. So did she just sneak her little hand out to hold the briefcase and then like the sarcophagus? She wasn't, she didn't have the briefcase. I think before, way before any of this But happened. the hand, the hand was holding the briefcase when they like found everything. In, but that's how nothing. they had- yeah, there was there was no briefcase. Like the way I remember it, it was like the sarcophagus, like she was like her, she was- posed in a way where her arms were just like in that position where it looked like she was holding on to something like a little rod like I think that's just the way the sarcophagus was like holding her but um, like I don't think the because because it couldn't couldn't have been it couldn't she couldn't have had the briefcase she couldn't have had the stones because we know now that the stones were never on the ship they were never on earth yeah, and they weren't on the ship, so it like. I well, I know think... that, but like they had the briefcase to pretend like they still had them. I swear, her dismembered hand was holding <laughs> the briefcase, and I want to know how she it was got that way. Definitely holding like something. It was almost like okay. a like a dowel or something. But yeah, okay. like her, 
it's almost like her hand was in like a gauntlet and it was like holding yes. on to something. I don't think it was the briefcase though. Okay. I mean, and even if it was, it had to be a fake out either way. Right, yeah, right, right, right. They were, I mean, if that were the case, this movie would have ended and then <laughs> it would have been the end. <laughs> Goodbye. And so they're able, the scientists on the Federation ship are able to take the hand and, mm-hmm. and rebuild her entire body. And we, that's that, that that's scene, a really cool scene. Yeah. 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 I love how the one scientist guy was like nerding out about like a normal human body has this, but this body has this. Like, <laughs> yeah. She whatever. had all like, the DNA. She all had all it. the DNA and he was like, in essence, it is perfect. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. just like losing his mind. Over- okay. Can we talk about how many times she is referenced as being perfect, perfect. in this movie? Yeah. Yes. And I just, I'm curious if the writer did that or if the director says, I need you to say perfect at least 273 times <laughs> how perfect this being is. I don't know, but it's like, it's constantly because it's like, there's one scene where it's like, they really did make her perfect. Yes, I know. It's like, okay, like we get it. We get it. She's perfect. She's, She's a perfect. supreme being. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like we get it. And then in my notes, I just have in all caps, they 3D print her back to life. <laughs> Yeah. 3d printer but why didn't they 3d print some clothes they uh gave her thermal bandages i, I don't know what to say her areolas must have been tiny as fuck to fit yeah. under them little uh bands well you know the boobies were were small so i'm sure it wasn't that much i wrote thermal bandages iconic <laughs> <laughs> um was it this outfit or a different outfit that Luis wore to our comic-con party it was, it, was, the, it was the different outfit. Okay. It was the it one, was the one behind you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Ken at the same party was the give me the cash guy. Yes. <laughs> I think that had to be explained to me because I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, so Luis was Lilu and then I was Corbin. So we did yes. a little, we did a little swap You guys, Well, I just, I know this line. So then it's like, I don't know who he is is he a colonel is he a general like one of the military guys he's like before he was like threatening the scientists like if this goes south I have a button that I can push to like end it and then once you see Lilu and she's like a naked woman the scientist kind of like shoves his little hand away like yeah guess you're not gonna push that button and then he's like the general I don't know if he's a colonel he was like oh I'd, I'd like to take some pictures for the archives so fucking creepy like, Nasty. and Sir. he also said how strong the the contraption she was in he Mm -hmm. was like he wanted to make sure she couldn't get out I guess yeah and And they were like like, so strong no yeah (laughs) solid they were in fact not fine they were not (laughs) they were not fine they were not fine so she breaks through the glass she's freaking out because she doesn't know where the fuck she is Mm -hmm. there's all these dudes gawking at her she's been reanimated yeah and she's speaking this foreign language obviously Mm -hmm. and it's actually what they refer to as the divine language Mm -hmm. and it is a fictional language of 400 words but it was designed by the director and Mila Jehovah and she was already fluent in four languages and was able to give her input and pick it up in no time. 
So she learned this made up language for the fifth element, which I thought was really cool. And I, I read somewhere that they could have like in between takes that she and the director, the writer, they could have Mm -hmm. conversations like in Mm -hmm. the language. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. They got married. They did. Yeah. So she's going on and on. And then this fucking guy, the general, like goes up to her and he starts like banging on the glass and she's losing her mind. Tell and me, a- th- tell me you don't get vibes of Dudley in the, in the <laughs> first Harry Potter movie. Yep. At the snake. Wake up, you stupid snake. Yeah. <laughs> so is. yeah, he's like, oh, if you want to be good, you're going to have to work on your communication skills. And he dangles his little badge in front of her. And I'm like, you know what? You deserve everything you get sir a hundred percent yeah he needs to chill maybe he'll do that later needs to calm it down and then of course (laughs) she like punches a hole through the glass right we all know it's fake i love how you can see the like outline before her hand goes through the thing where yeah this is gonna break (laughs) punch here please right here in this spot and she takes the thing and chokes him out and i'm like good get it girl yeah, so she makes her big escape. It's a whole mm-hmm. thing. She goes through walls and shit like it was yep. nobody's business. And everybody, the whole popo, they're all called. And their she, minds. <laughs> she gets outside and she realizes, oh, oh hell, there's no place to go but jump <laughs> in these cars. And that's what she does. She just dives. Bitches, yeah. bitches brave. I was looking at that scene and it's Jackie's background and I was like the way she slowly just like leaps in the car <laughs> is so like, graceful so graceful and that scene is still so beautiful and yeah. you can't I mean you can't tell that that's 1997 no like, CGI going on like it no. still looks so like visually stunning this, in my opinion this movie always reminds me of like now that I'm rewatching it, it now reminds me of some of the Doctor Who episodes from mm. when they, they rebooted it in the 90s. It yeah. feels similar, which I love. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. a good comparison. <laughs> so she jumps and she falls into Corbin's taxi. And okay, here's another question, Laura. What yes. the fuck are these points? Is points he on his license. Points, points on his license. So earlier... I think he's talking to his friend and his friend is like, you're going to bring the cab over. Like, how's your license? And he's like, no, 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 it's good. You know, I'm a great driver. And in my notes, I wrote like contrary to popular belief, he's not a great driver. <laughs> he, he's like, keeps losing points. And so when she hits his vehicle, the cab is like, you've just been in an accident. And so it like deducts points from his license. And when he hits zero, his license is. Suspended. So you're telling me in the, this day and age, and we have all this technology, the damn car could say that you've been in an accident, but we got still, we still got motherfucking points and we still driving. <laughs> we still we're driving, automation. but we're, but we're driving in space. Nah, yes. This shit don't make no sense. <laughs> this is like a, like a really wonderful fever dream. Like it's just a yes. visually aesthetic <laughs> fever dream. It, it's a fever dream when shit that don't make sense. Like you got me, you got me here in the sci-fi right but you be backtracking with stupid shit she ain't got no she she's super strong but she ain't got no clothes <laughs> he a taxi driver in space and he's cool but he he got points on his license like some of this come on you it's know. not making sense he's but, got he's he's a super villain but he's got hershey coming out of his head <laughs> no 
taco sauce. Yeah. So I had never heard this before, or I guess I never picked up on it, but I was reading the subtitles when the car is like, you've just been in an accident. Bruce Willis says, and I quote, yes, I know I had an accident. You daffy bastard. Yes. (laughs) And I was like, I've never comprehended that at all. And I was like, what a weird phrase. You daffy bastard. So yeah, now Bruce is, he's all has this chick. He has this random chick that doesn't speak English in his car. He's trying to figure it out. He sees that he's very good at de-escalating. It must be mm-hmm. his military yes. training yes. because he's like, hey, it's okay. And then we get the the bada boom. Boom, big bada boom. <laughs> and I um so I wrote in my notes and I was like, he looks at her, it's love at first sight, like he's done right? Like he's, it's game over. And then like, right when in that scene, Luis, my husband said, oh man, it's game over. You done fucked up now. A Rod. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. You're done. Yeah. It's love of first sight for him. him. And she's just like, I have a mission I need to accomplish and you're in the way. I don't know where I am. Everyone's speaking this foreign language to me. (laughs) I need a fucking priest. Like I have (laughs) shit to do. And he, he seems kind of detached because he's like, look, you fucked up my car. Popo mm-hmm. here now because the police have pulled up. He's like, I'm not getting involved. Take her. Yeah, he was like, none of my business. Right. And she sees a flyer in the back of the cab and it's like this little girl and it, I guess it's for like human trafficking or something. Yeah. And it says, please help me. And she because she's the divine being she learns very quickly so she's like please <laughs> and she's like looking at him with her like big eyes yeah like, so and pathetic she- like help i don't know how that's even possible because if i look at another language that i don't know when it's written, I can't pronounce shit because I don't know what this alphabet is. So how she did that? Because she's the supreme being. Like we're just she's the supreme being. Like I, I I took that and I was like, we're gonna run with it. Okay. Two four two steps backwards now. (laughs) I was like, I have more questions elsewhere that I will let this one slide. (laughs) She's a supreme being. She learns fast. All right, all right. The plot. The plot had to move forward. It did. Sure, sure. (laughs) Okay. Now, so Bruce Willis decides, fuck it, I'm going to help her. And so there's this police chase. I was going to say, and this is just me. I don't know if other people agree. We can let the listeners decide. But I was like, something about Bruce Willis always makes me believe when he's like crushing on a woman. Like when I watch his movies, like I always believe it. And I'm like, well, that's the whole point of acting, Laura, you know, is to make (laughs) you believe. But like something about Bruce Willis, I'm like, I buy this instantly. <laughs> no, not everyone can pull it off. There are, so obviously I, there are actors who have just, they have instant chemistry. It's mm-hmm. believable because the actors themselves have chemistry. And then there are actors who could have chemistry with a wall. And I like to reference my soap operas because <laughs> there are, are some actors on soap operas because, you know, they're switching partners like mm-hmm. every 10 seconds. Yeah. And the character Kendall and All My Children that was first played by Sarah Michelle Gellar got replaced by another lady. And both those actresses were able, no matter who the fuck they put in their way, 
we're able to have chemistry with everybody. Yeah. I, th- I just think that that is an acting ability. I don't even know if you can teach it. Yeah. yeah. And he had the, the, the other person that comes to mind is George Clooney. Like every single role he's in, he has a connection with his female counterpart. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah. Because some of his counterparts do not have the same with everyone else. No. Yeah. I don't know. I just always noticed it. And especially in this movie, because I've seen it so many times. I'm like, man, from the get-go, you see this like, you know, manly man, former military, whatever. But instantly, as soon as he meets this woman, he's like, oh, so smitten. And so just like lovey on her. And I'm like, I get it. Like, I believe it. (laughs) It feels like you can feel everything from him. I don't Mm -hmm. like there's not a point in the movie where I feel like she's really in love with him. No, it's no. super like, especially when we get to the end, I'm like, what the yeah. fuck's happening? Because yeah, I, I, have, I get it that he, he's about it. Yeah. I no, get that. I have some thoughts on the lobster, end as well. But <laughs> yeah. So she, she says she needs to find priest Vito Cornelius. Cornelius. Um, so he, he takes her and does she pass out? Is she mm-hmm. passed out at this point? Yes. So she's so exhausted from the day's events. She passes out. So she he had ta- to go through space. She was in a horrific accident. She was reconstructed. Like that's <laughs> got to take a lot. She crashed through the ceiling of a cab. <laughs> she was almost arrested. <laughs> She had to jump off the side of a building. <laughs> she had to learn a new language in like a minute. You know, it's just a lot. And so she's passed out. He finds the priest and brings mm-hmm. him in. And he's like, nobody knows who she is. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know her name, but she she said your name. And then the priest sees the tattoo. The tattoo. Laura. Oh, yes. Enter. <laughs> My tattoo of the four elements that I have on my wrist. <laughs> so the same tattoo that Laura has, Lulu Dallas Multipass. <laughs> the priest sees her tattoo immediately is like, she's the fifth element. And so he starts freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And his little like apprentice is like, I don't know what to do with my hands. He's like, are you sure? And he's like, no, I'm sure. David, David, I am sure. I got it. Go get my special robe. <laughs> I need my dress robes, David. I'm not even dressed right for this occasion. <laughs> Momentous occasion. I've been training my whole life. Yeah. And then we get Bruce Willis. <sighs> Bruce Willis, man, Corbin Dallas, just like looking at Lilu while she's passed out. And this man thinks, I'm going to kiss her without consent. And so he does it. I'm from NBC to catch a predator. And we're here at (laughs) the priest's house. Chris Chris Hansen walks out. He's like, why don't you take a seat? Right there. But I mean, Lilo handles her shit. Oh, yes. Pulls a gun on him. And then she yells, Seno octagamet at him. (laughs) Which means, motherfucker, I will 
and you will catch these hands. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, never without my permission. What did I write? Oh yeah. So when she's like yelling at him, like Senoaktagamet, right? And I just wrote, we love a queen who sets boundaries, right? She's not (laughs) here for his shenanigans. (laughs) It's not even boundaries. A a queen who protects herself. True. Who finds her gun, the nearest gun, and says, no, we're going to have words. I love how later he, not too long after this, he's like, I shouldn't have tried to kiss her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sir. It's hard Mm -hmm. for me to root for him after this. It's hard for me to root for this couple after this because it's just, like usually in these kind of situations and I, I call it like the Han Solo effect where he's too cool of a guy to really show that he has like an attraction for the person mm-hmm. and then shows it later but it was not this this was not it no it was so not. yeah like he was he was here for it a hundred percent and she just couldn't be bothered with him you just met like, me what the fuck like I am really important and you're not and you have things to do. <laughs> so, so after yeah. this, Corbin goes home. With his and, between his legs. Mm-hmm, as he should. Think about what you did. Just contemplate. And we see Lilu is now eating chicken. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the Jetsons where she puts like this little thing on a plate and puts like it little, in a microwave. Like little chicken flakes. Yeah. <laughs> microwave and And then then it's it's like a full meal a full chicken and (laughs) so she's eating her chicken and she's literally watching the entire encyclopedia Britannica on her little (laughs) ipad looking thing yeah so she's just learning all the things it's like the scene in ultron when he's trying to find out what like assess everything and it's just like here's everything on the internet war Yeah. yeah war that yeah I love, that comes in later yeah right yes it does yeah. I love the whole scene I love the back and forth when the pre like Vito is asking her like but the stones where are they you know and she's like oh don't worry <laughs> about it let me tell you the real story and she goes into this whole thing how the stones were never on earth you know the Montechiwa never really trusted the humans to keep them safe which is like same I wouldn't trust us either no <laughs> You know, like, so she goes into this whole back and forth, but then it like cuts into Zorg and the Mangalores, like, and we'll talk about that scene because that scene's also great. But I love the editing of it where she's like telling her story and then it's like, oh, you think the stones are here, but then they're not. And then she's just laughing because she, <laughs> she's the truth. She's very excited about she's her plan. Very proud of herself. <laughs> and so, and Zorg, who I will call zerg for the remainder of the movie he hired the like the weird shit demon people to go get the stones in exchange for all of this artillery yes all these like fancy weapons yes and he is played by gary oldman serious black yeah which i absolutely love him in everything that he does and he plays villain so well but what's weird is that he doesn't interact like he's the villain but he doesn't ever interact with bruce willis not once and they miss each other by a split second you know at the end which actually solidifies the fact that bruce willis is not the main character in this movie (laughs) because he does interact with lilu yes 
yeah that's really interesting I always I always wondered about Zorg's motivation for helping the great evil because it's like what do you get out of it if all this does is like take life and destroy and then move on like what are you gonna and make you drip chocolate sauce from your head and and from your little plastic I don't think he had it I don't think he had a choice I think it's pure fear like also like how does the great evil reach out to people does it have like cell service I think it's psychic it's got to be psychic because he, he talks he, to him in his like brain, right? It's literally no, he Baltimore. gets a call. Oh, he like, does get a, a call. There's a scene where his receptionist is like, you wanted me to let you know if it was Mr. Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shadow. <laughs> well, then maybe he has 5G. <laughs> He's the OG always, 5G. Yes. <laughs> it just always confused me. And I'm like, how did this happen? Like, where, what was that meet cute? Where is the telephone lines on the high, Chris? <laughs> and Gary Oldman did the movie as a favor to the director because the director had loaned him money for another movie. Oh. He did not read the script and he hates the movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he, like every, like when he gets interviewed about the movie, it's just pure confusion. He does not understand why people like this movie. He just, he don't, he don't get it. And yeah, he, which you know, yeah. every time I watch this movie, I try and it's, a testament to what a good actor he is I try to see Gary Oldman and I never can like Mm-mm. I know that it's him right but I just cannot see Gary Oldman it just it's does not sword. compute in my brain it's just him it's I him. wonder was this the movie because I was reading somewhere that Gary Oldman did one movie where like it was hard for him to get his normal accent back and I I thought it was this one because this accent is like, are you Southern? Are you like, what are you? So I, I, I wonder if it was this one that made him just kind of like have an identity crisis. I don't know if it's this one because British people say when it comes to accents, American accents, that the Southern one is not too hard for them. Mm. It actually is a lot easier than some of the other ones. So I'm wondering if it is this one or not. But, but he yeah. also had like, it was almost like a like a lisp but like towards the back of his mouth or he like purposely had a lot of saliva in his mouth there was a lot happening with his accent yeah can can we talk about the plastic thing on his head it's a plastic cap (laughs) what what is that it was to protect him from the pie radiation and it didn't work (laughs) maybe it's just fashion you know like (laughs) it was it was something it was something it looked like he could literally take it off and start scooping stuff or like detergent and putting it into the washer it was my thing weird. is like how did you get your hair to fit through it did you get like a little hook you know like when you got highlights and you would have to get the cap over your head and you had the little hook did like is that the situation I wonder if it was it had to be a wig but yes the demons are like here's your briefcase sir where are our weapons and he opens up the briefcase and Lilu is foiled <laughs> again. And there are no stones in there. And they're like, you told us to get you the fucking briefcase. Where are our weapons? And does he blow them all up? No. He, does he honor that? 
he, he, he gives, gives him, him one the weapon. He gives him the Got weapons. It. Yeah. And okay. then he walks out, but he knows that they're going to be obsessed with that fucking button and they mm-hmm. fuck themselves up. And then it explodes. Yeah, oh, yeah. But not all of them because we end up seeing some of them. Some of them later. survive and yeah. they meet us later on the cruise. Yes. And- oh, wh- he chokes on a cherry at one point. Okay. So, yes. He he the priest comes to fuck him up yes yeah the priest comes over and he's like you were that art dealer and then zorg goes on his little rant about destruction disorder and chaos and he's like oh the world needs chaos to survive and then he takes a cherry and he starts choking and then he's trying to hit all the buttons on his desk and like the priest is like what is that thing that comes out (laughs) It's like a little, like a Elef- little, it's like an elephant, like, like a pocket elephant, elephant. eater guy. It know? looked like one of the animals from that TV show, Dinosaurs. Is that what it's called? Where I'm the, I'm the mama, not oh. the mama. <laughs> that, yeah, that one. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it yeah. looked like. And I then, was disturbed. Yeah. And it's, and he's like pointing at his back and the thing's like, hello. And then. <laughs> Vito being a petty bitch is like, where's the robot to pat you on the back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what that happens. Yeah. So I was disturbed by that thing. <laughs> it haunts and, me. And then shortly after this, oh, so Vito, does Vito make a deal with him? And then he like pops the cherry out. How does he get the cherry out? He hits him on the back. He kind of gives him a smack and then Zorg's like, fine, since you saved my life, I'm going to spare yours for now. And he Mm. has his goons carry him out of the office. Yes. And so then after that, we see Mr. President is being spied upon by a tiny cockroach. I hate this so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. Gary Oldman's character has gadgets and he's got a little camera that gets squashed (laughs) but I don't think it's Gary Oldman I think isn't it it's one of his lackeys that does it Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah also I just want to give this movie props for the representation there were there's a lot of color Mm -hmm. on the screens and I don't just mean the cars and the orange hair (laughs) lots of people of color and I, I loved it Oh, that's all I had to say. (laughs) I thought there was going to be more. So I'll just just be quiet then. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) And now we find out, does Lilu say like the blue lady has, the diva has the stones? I don't think she says anything. She she says there's a person who's going to get her. Yeah, she's. Okay, yeah, you're right. She does say she has the stones or knows where the stones are. We'll yeah, take them and they're going to be on the cruise ship. Yes. yes. Yeah, but we don't and, know it's the diva just yet. Okay, no. yeah. So it's, uh, Lilu has a contact that knows where the stones are and they're going to be on the, the cruiser. Mm-hmm. And so Corbin has a message when he gets home and he finds out that he's fired. Then his mother calls mm-hmm. and is like... You're going to take me on this cruise with you, right? And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And she's like, 
It's all over the news. You won this cruise to Boston Paradise. <laughs> I like to call this section of the movie who is Corbin Dallas? Because every single person at this point is trying to get on this cruise and yep. take this cruise win from Corbin, who has yes. not even applied to be in this contest. Yep. So it's suspicious. But mom wants to go. Of course. Uh, go. And, and then the general shows up. That's who he is. He's a general, general. Monroe. Yes. Yes. There it is. On so the general shows up and he's like, hey, I hear you heard about the cruise that you won. Well, it's actually a mission to save the world. You with me? And Corbin's like, no, <laughs> nah, no, I'm nah. not. I, I'm going to stay here. My license is, is suspended. I don't have anyone to watch my cat. And so <laughs> then it's like this very comedic, like hiding because he, does the general show up with Lilo? No, it's no. the priest shows up with Lilu. Yes. So he's hiding them. Then the general shows up. And so like he, he keeps having to shove people in closets and in yeah, beds and in like the shower. Talking think, to the general and did, the goons. Well, not the goons, but the other military personnel. Mm-hmm. And then Lilu and the priest show up and he's like, oh my yeah. God, this woman, I'm going to marry her, but she hates the military. So he's trying to get them to hide. So they're yes. like, and he puts them in the fridge and he puts the, the fridge. fridge is so tight. And then he puts Lilo and the priest into the shower, the shower and, and the bed. bed. And then there's a raid. There's a that's raid. The, that's the reason why he put Lilo and, and the priest into those places. Because there's a raid because they're looking for, are they looking for Corbin? Or they're they're looking, looking for, for Corbin. The, and Lilo had taken the little nameplate off of his door and like stuck it somewhere on another else. door. Yeah. Yes. Which, so is she like, yeah, does she see the future where she knew, like, I need to like create a diversion? I think she just saw a shiny thing. I think (laughs) she just saw a shiny thing and was like, I'm just going to fuck some shit up and decided to like, you know, go about her business. I was just going to talk about like one of my favorite lines ever, which is negative. I am a meat popsicle. So that was it. Just wanted to give it acknowledgement. Yes. So the, after the, the, after raid, the is, raid he sets up the neighborhood try to rob him no to say that he's corbin dallas i think or is it, it a was, different a different neighbor i think it was a different neighbor because they like the the officers go and they see the door and they're like oh it's him so they knock on it and it's this very like aggressive man that yeah. flips them off and they were like and corbin's like wrong answer and so they take him out and they you know arrest yeah. him well, they're talking and the priest is like, I'm going to save the world. And Corbin's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then the priest grabs one of Corbin's like awards and knocks him out. And then they steal yes. the tickets. Yes. So the priest intends to have the younger priest because apparently age-wise, he looks like more appropriate to yeah. be married to. <laughs> to Lulu. Uh, right. And so they're going to pretend that they're Corbin. Uh, Corbin wakes up and he heads down the indigenous aliens they have the ability to morph into humans or look like Mm -hmm. humans but it's hard for them so they're kind of shifty yeah they think that corbin has been captured by the popo yes so they're like oh we can come and take these tickets and then 
the shifty guy that works for Zorg and he's going to pretend. So everyone's pretending to be Corbin. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty chaotic. Yeah. But Corbin gets to the cruise deck mm-hmm. or before, not the deck, but he gets to where they're about to board. The gate, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he very easily gets rid of young priests. Mm-hmm. And then they are able to get onto the boat. And then everybody else who comes after is fucked because yeah. they're Corbin like, is- I'm Corbin Dallas. No, <laughs> I'm Corbin Dallas. <laughs> and they created Lilu, uh, what they call their identification their passports so she's very proud of her multi-pass and so she she shows it to the lady that that's taking the tickets and she's like Lilu <laughs> Dallas multi-pass and then Corbin's <laughs> like they know it's a multi-pass <laughs> <laughs> so now we are on the ship and because Corbin Dallas won he is being interviewed by Ruby Rod, <laughs> <laughs> who is played by Chris Tucker and like just he should have won awards for this performance like it is so chaotic and beautiful and just the rhythm and the timing of how he's speaking and singing and back and forth and kind of telling this story as he goes along because he is a intergalactic radio host that just hosts a talk show from like yeah seven to eight each <laughs> he, day or he something was li- he was live tweeting that bitch way he before was. everybody else <laughs> yes. and just the like the facial expressions <laughs> that he had to pull off oh my and god the outfits the, the outfits. outfits and so tucker was interviewed and he revealed that Bruce Willis gave him like a serious case of the nerves he said that Bruce came up to him the first day of shooting looked at his outfit and said do you know this could ruin your career (laughs) and then the director yelled action before he had a chance to quit which great glad he didn't he probably Um, used all that like nervous energy like into Ruby he was just so like oh god what have I done I think he was like fuck this if this gonna ruin my career this is gonna go for it performance of my damn life and And it was (laughs) he and Bruce their relationship the banter and their interactions Mm -hmm. I could see them ending up together in the end because <laughs> he played like a damsel in distress. Oh and my gosh. Did. He was just like, Corbin Dallas, Corbin Dallas. <laughs> Corbin, my man, Corbin. <laughs> you just say more than two words on the green. Corbin, honey. Just so like over the, over so the dramatic. Top. And I, I love that he's very feminine, but it had nothing to do with his sexuality. Like yes. everything was just very fluid. Mm-hmm. He was just very in touch with his feminine side and it didn't take away from his masculinity either. And then, you know, it was way ahead of its time. Because you see him hooking up with a flight attendant Mm -hmm. later on, you know, so he's very much like a ladies. That scene is so uncomfortable, (laughs) but so perfect. The way it is shot and like the three different things that are going on all at the same time. And it culminates with her like getting off. Like I was like, I don't, I don't feel good watching it, but this is amazing. (laughs) I I felt amazing. I think we need more (laughs) movies that show women 
getting their yeah getting yes. this yeah there's not enough yeah I was gonna say I have a fun fact that like that scene where she you know everything happens and the plane takes off and you see her kind of like scream that scream and I'm probably gonna mispronounce it it's called the Wilhelm scream and it's like one of the most famous sound effects in like movies or tv because it's just so like versatile that it goes anywhere and I think it happens like two or three times in this movie oh alone and I just I don't know that fact always stuck with me because it's just so like throw it in there (laughs) no I think that's cool I did not know that did you know that Jackie I didn't know it was used in this movie and it is like uh, I'll see because I am notorious for like as I'm watching a movie reading the fun facts in IMDb and so a lot of times it'll know if a Wilhelm scream Mm -hmm. is used and like I can never pick them out like as I'm watching a movie Mm -hmm. I can never pick it out but then if someone points it out I'll be like oh yeah it's right there and it and it's just because it's blends so beautifully with whatever situation it's being used in that you really don't even notice it and it doesn't pull you out of the movie so is it a sound that they're bringing in or is it someone emulating that sound I think it's just a a stock yeah audio file someone screaming yeah and during this scene, so, you know, Corbin is getting interviewed and I love that Rod kind of confronts him, but Corbin's mm-hmm. like, I'm not playing that and pretty much turns it around. Like you, you're not a hot shot. You're not going to tell me what the fuck to do. <laughs> and then after that, Ruby is like his bitch after that. He's like, yeah. I love you. Yeah. I'll do whatever you can say. <laughs> he was like, I will follow you and to the ends of the earth. Like we're <laughs> not like he's got all these lackeys around and he's just like Corbin yeah and they're like Ruby and he's like no I'm here with my new best friend Corbin I also love when like he gets annoyed at someone he goes yeah I so want to do that to people very dramatic hand gestures oh I love it so after the interview Corbin and Lilu go to their sleep pods mm-hmm and it's like almost like one of those, I forget what they call them. One of those motels in Japan where it's literally just like rows and rows of like you climb in and like you just, yeah, lay like there. the little cubes they have. Yes. Around I don't town. I think I can do it. I'm, I think I would be too claustrophobic. It would make me have like a panic attack. Well, they just push the button and, pa- and make you pass out anyway. Yeah. Except, <laughs> so I wanted to know did Lilo fall asleep? Because I think he does, but I don't think she does. I don't think she does because you see him knock out instantly. Yeah. yeah. After and she's he, still learning, right? She's still learning after he tries to mansplain how important this mission is. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> are you the supreme being? No, you are not. I have um, a plan. We're meeting my friend who my has the stones. <laughs> so Ruby is getting his thing on there's in their pod and now the priest is trying to figure out how to get on the plane and I don't know does he get on the like wheels and climb up it looks like the little cargo bay yeah what they show you know like it's the little ramp and then there's all this like wiring so I don't know if it was like a cargo bay or just like the spot where like the technicians go to fix the wiring but he snuck in there he's he's a man on a mission now yeah (laughs) but that's the world I'm not a cruise person, but I would totally go on that ship. (laughs) 
I love how it just looked like Hawaii when they yeah. first like land. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, great. It's Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a Polynesian feel to it. And, yeah, and their outfits. So I was just like, in space, is there still Hawaii, or we've just destroyed the Earth and just made everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or is it like in Doctor Who where England had to put the all of the UK on the back of a space whale? in yeah. order to save the plane is that what happened you know maybe. we have to take hawaii <laughs> and put it on a cruise ship to save maybe it? maybe <laughs> i watch some doctor who man <laughs> <laughs> and then we see after they get their lays because we're in hawaii too apparently <laughs> and they're escorted to their suite that they won Corbin is and she leaves she said she's got to go find her friend mm-hmm. yes. so Corbin's taken to the suite which is an amazing suite and, yeah. and her friend isn't quite there yet so she's like hiding behind this pillar waiting for her friend to show up mm-hmm. so that they could have it their secret rendezvous and Corbin asks the like the person helping him like hey are there any tickets to the divas show I'm a big fan and she's like oh because you won the contest like you already have two tickets and you're going with Ruby (laughs) of course (laughs) and he's like great we're gonna meet the diva but let's talk about the behind the scenes of the diva I think originally they wanted to hire someone else but it was really hard for them to cast this role and as a favor the director's wife played the diva Mm -hmm. And we all know that he falls in love with having a secret language chats with Mm -hmm. Mila while his wife so decently decides to help him in a pinch. Right. And and this role is iconic. Like, yeah. When you think about this movie, there's a few scenes you think about and you, her entire presence, you, you think about this person. Yeah. I would cut this motherfucker. (laughs) Not on the set that I'm actually on with you too. Right. Like you're going to go behind my back while I'm in this uncomfortable costume with all these prosthetics and I have to do a techno remix to this opera song. And you're going to do this. Yeah. And the song was actually sung by a really famous opera singer an Albanian Inva Mula and because of the range and how it raises and drops so I don't know musical terms so raises and drops so quickly she actually had to sing all the notes in isolation and then they edited it together to create the song yeah because it gets pretty like it changes so often and then she immediately has to go low yeah and then it yeah that's crazy I was gonna say something when you were talking about like Ruby and his sexuality Mm -hmm. and it reminded me of the scene where Ruby's taking Corbin around the theater and he's like introducing all the like important people and blah 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 and then he points to Ray in his little like lace (laughs) (laughs) 
his white little lace ensemble and isn't his hair like white everything's like white. white everything's yeah. white and but the ladies love him and I was also thinking about like what a take on like what traditional masculinity is because yes. you have these two characters that are like very effeminate like presenting but then they're the most sought after they're the most desired and most sought yeah after. and I thought that was interesting as well because you see all the girls around Ray like oh my god Ray I would have loved for Bruce Willis's character to be on that spectrum as well he was Mm. very and I don't know if it was just how Bruce was as a person that Mm -hmm. was like I this is as far as I'll go or if it was just to to have him play off of these other characters being kind of or, fish out of water situation I don't know or to have it be such a contrast yeah because you know, here you have like the traditional man and then you have like what could be with Ruby yes and with Ray I thought that was we, we know damn well that's your boyfriend stop playing <laughs> <laughs> so also a little fun fact about the diva scene Obviously, it's a pivotal scene in the Mm -hmm. movie, and they experienced what they called a Hollywood nightmare. After they had the negatives flown to LA, they were told to come down to the airport, and that's when uh, they saw that they brought in multiple trash cans, and all the negatives had fallen out of the airplane Mm -hmm. and were essentially run over on the tarmac. And it happened to be the diva scene. Oh my God. And so they were like, fuck, it's ruined. This is our money shot. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? But the editors were able to salvage the footage and the audiences never knew that it was almost disaster. Can you imagine (laughs) this movie without that scene? No. No. But Because it's, so to set the scene the the diva comes out she looks she appears to be like nine feet tall she's very blue she has these <laughs> tentacly things coming out of her head and she sings this most amazing operatic song and while she is singing and everyone is enraptured in her performance Lilu is kicking ass and taking mm-hmm. names in the suite because all of the shit demon guys zerg's lackeys come in and they're fucking trying to capture her and stuff and so she's like and they're trying to look for the stones too yeah so they're like fighting and like one of them has the case and then she punches him in the face she has the case and i like that like during this scene it's one of those other scenes where they're like going back and forth because it's like the diva and then when it switches into the techno mix then the fighting gets a little more advanced you know and then lilu hits the like the matrix pose behind me before the matrix came out because i googled it and i was like oh (laughs) she hit it before neo did (laughs) and of course there's always a woman uh, (laughs) a man stealing a woman's thunder (laughs) (laughs) so yes and and so then the culmination is like lilu is kicked everyone's asses like walks out of the room or no does she go up into the ceiling she goes into the ceiling yes because Zorg shows up and I really liked that they let her have her moment because up until this point everybody's just talking about how great she is and Mm -hmm. she's the supreme being and she's perfect and she's this and that but she actually has a chance to be like I'm gonna kick some ass because this is what I do you know so I really appreciated that 
And then at the same time, what happens in the opera? So the Mangalores decide that they want to take over the ship because they are angry that Zorg betrayed them. So they're like, if they if he wants a war, we're going to give him a war. And so they invade. <laughs> and I just said, chaos everywhere. The diva is shot and falls dramatically to the ground. And so and Ruby Corbin, mind. Yes. <laughs> Ruby, not great in a stressful situation. Broadcasting the entire attack. He is <laughs> live tweeting that bitch. <laughs> so Corbin goes into military training. Army crawls over to the diva. She tells him the stones are inside of me. Mm-hmm. And so Corbin's he's like he doesn't get it at first like, no I'm sorry, what? Like, like is this metaphoric like <laughs> like where the power was within me the whole time yeah. like what <laughs> and then he's like fuck I gotta cut this alien bitch open and so <laughs> gotta cut this bitch man <laughs> so he cuts her open and like fishes around in her like blue goo guts yeah and fishes out the four stones these are she, not small stones. They're I was like, going to say, she is a petite diva. Yes. So like, where did all of that fit inside of her body? How did they get it in her? Like, what? Was it did surgery? It, does it, did it go up or did it go down? Or was it like, did they shrink it? Put it in. I, I don't they, know. Was it magic like the chicken? <laughs> like the chicken? <laughs> Maybe it was like, Ray, like, I can... <laughs> take a ray gun and more questions that I don't have answers for so now Corbin has the stones what does he do with them because I mean they're not little he like there's like a cloth and he like wraps them up and he gives it to Ruby yes yes you're right he gives it so Ruby's in charge of the stones (laughs) the most precious uh pieces (laughs) they're coming (laughs) And he makes noise. That's why the indigenous aliens come back. Yes, because they were about to leave. Yeah, and Ruby's throwing a fit, and he's like, "I'm in the first row." And (laughs) causing the scene. So then, yeah, the one guy, the other Mangalore comes, and then Corbin has to disarm him, and then he's like laying on the ground. And why does he do this? He's like, "Ruby, hold this gun to this guy's head." (laughs) Yeah, and Ruby's like, "I am not up for this." hard pass no thank you (laughs) I'm a lover not a fighter (laughs) Corbin my man (laughs) I don't know what a gun is (laughs) and this whole time we've got Lilu in the vents Mm -hmm. got crazy Jack the Ripper Gary Oldman trying to shoot up shit yep then now the they're gonna have to fight their way out of all of this it's Mm -hmm it's pandemonium all the way and we're getting into the scene where we're gonna have huge fight scene and it's the biggest hall explosion and the largest indoor explosion ever filmed at that time I'm sure we beat it at this point but yeah yeah. interesting it was a fairly big explosion yeah that happens I'm glad no one got hurt (laughs) So Corbin yells Ruby's name. He's very jumpy. Mm-hmm. He scares easy. And so he goes, oh, and then like shoots the Mangalore that he has like the gum the up head. against his head. And so then 
shit yeah. goes sideways. They go into a dining hall area mm-hmm. or like a rec room because there's a pool yeah, table. Something. Or maybe like a casino area or something. Because yes. I think there's like, like a roulette, roulette. or something. Yeah. yeah. And so, and it's two levels. It's like almost like a balcony around the top and then like the lower area. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Corbin's just kicking ass and Ruby just keeps hiding behind shit <laughs> and still live tweeting the whole time. <laughs> And next, I just feel, I really feel for these aliens because, (laughs) and it's not me falling for the villain, but they really what's happened is that they've just been pushed out of their, where they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. and they're fighting for every inch they can. And nobody seems to give a shit and people keep mistreating them left and right. I do get that. Cause it's like Zorg treats them like they're scum right like he uses them as pawns it's easy for him to like dispose of the two you know like by setting off the bomb in the airport and then it's like oh you want the guns fine I'm gonna make the guns explode so that you're not you know so it's yeah they're yeah taken advantage of and the airport they they the way that they even classify like the fact that they have things alerts that go off for these aliens to to notify that and their directive is to kill them so then we see there's a lot more fighting. Somehow Ruby is now up on the second balcony and Corbin's like, stay real still. And he like <laughs> shoots a hole. And so then Ruby falls down to the first level and Ruby's All like screaming, <laughs> losing his goddamn mind. <laughs> he didn't sign up for this. He no. signed up to live tweet a show <laughs> and hook up he, with some ladies. You know? Yes some stewardesses yes oh I have a fun fact about that oh yes I I there was one episode Danielle where you were talking about Britney Spears's toxic flight attendant outfit and you made a comment like I'm pretty sure that's inspired and I was like okay I wonder if John Paul Gaultier like designed that as well it wasn't it was a designer named Jeremy Scott that designed Britney's outfit but I'm like I'm pretty sure there was inspiration taken from there had to have been had to be yeah yeah but I just I I looked it up I was like I wonder if that's it like if they got the same designer (laughs) for the toxic video it just I think it 100% had to be inspired I I did make a post that had the two pictures Mm -hmm. um to compare and they look very similar oh yeah yeah absolutely that was just I forgot about that well I'm glad you found out I I made the post because I was just like they look similar to me. And I just <laughs> did no research. None. It was it was lost. I did me. the research. <laughs> it was a quick Google search. It was fine. I was like, hmm. So essentially, Corbin takes everyone out. Ruby is very proud. It's the best show he's ever done. <laughs> yes, I love how Ruby's people like entourage they keep searching for ruby but they're like miss ruby they call him miss ruby i don't know if that came through but i was like that's so like great because they're just like miss ruby miss ruby and you know it's like (laughs) just another thing to be like yeah it's i love that they're miss ruby and still be desired by all the women you know (laughs) i thought it was great that his friends were ride or die they did not absolutely Yeah, they just kept searching. Once everybody was together, they were like, where is, where is? (laughs) 
Jackie, if I get tangled up with Corbin Dallas and you're not <laughs> fucking looking for me as hard as those two. Danielle, I told you my policy a long time ago. One punch and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So this is after Corbin negotiates with the Mangalores, right? Because there's like a hostage situation, right? Yes. So they send someone in to negotiate. So Corbin comes in and he figures out like, essentially there's always just one person they're always looking towards. And if that one person is taken out, then the rest of them will kind of they'll fall back, complete the, the mission. Yeah. And so Corbin figures out who that one guy is and goes in and takes him out. And so now they have been disarmed. Yes. Like they are a peaceful being now. <laughs> and one thing that we forgot to say was that before the diva died, he, t- she must have foresight or psychic mm-hmm. abilities. She told Corbin that she, that Lilu needed him and that mm-hmm. she was going to be in trouble. And I don't know if she said he was, she was going to be dying or, or die or something. Yeah. Like that. She gives him the speech of how Lilu is like more fragile than she appears. Yeah. Yeah. So after he handles this situation, he's got to go find his gal. Yep. And of course he sees the priest who's all wrapped up in this kidnapping situation. <laughs> he's still alive. And so then they go back to the diva's room and they find, they find Lilu. She is injured and hurt. Mm-hmm. At this point, Gary Oldman's character is on his plane thinking that he finally has the damn stones. Mm-hmm. Again, you didn't check the bag, <laughs> the box or whatever. Like, didn't you learn from the last time? So he's halfway out of Dodge and he has to turn back around. Yep. Yep. Idiot. So he, he turns around and then is this when he sets the, the bomb to go off or is, has he had already set he that? Put, he, he, he set the bomb already. Now he's going to come back and then he's got to turn Stop the, bomb the bomb off. Yeah. 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 But there's a twist. There's another bomb. (laughs) The the aliens got the last laugh. Yes, Yes, they they sought their revenge and he was not able to disarm the bomb. And so he kind of is standing there and says, oh no. And then (laughs) gets blown up. (laughs) Yep. And 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 we're seeing it's it's like the Titanic. Everyone has their little escape boats and they're evacuating. I made a note here and I was like, at least this ship had enough escape pods for everyone, unlike another ship we know about. Mm -hmm. So I wrote it in my notes. (laughs) Let the bitch sink. They learned from the Titanic to do better this time. So we see Corbin and the priest and Lilu and Ruby like narrowly escaping the explosion and so they head back to do they go to the president ship or they go back to earth they go they back, go to, back to earth yeah they're okay. running out of time to, yes because that's right the pie is getting real big now mm-hmm. and the federation is freaking out they have tapped in and called corbin on mm-hmm. the flight and they're like bitch we about to die they're Hurry like up. you have one hour yes. <laughs> yes because the president likes to give real times yeah yeah <laughs> real specific it's gonna let you know so corbin's like all right bet like i guess we're gonna do our best and they we're going to egypt 
Corbin pretty much was just like, I'm gonna, I, I'm doing the best that I fucking can. <laughs> I need y'all to haven't given me a lot. Yeah. It's been a very eventful day. I've fallen in love. I've gone on a cruise. I've been shot at. I've dug around in this blue lady's stomach for these stones. I have a new uh, best friend. Slash His name is Ruby. <laughs> the girl I love is now dying. And now I have to save the earth. Like it's been a right. full day. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking it's back, like, I never wanted to be here. Yeah. I did not sign up for this. I'm retired, bitch. Um, so I they- wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> And now they're in Egypt. They're back at the tomb that we saw in the beginning of the movie. And now everyone is trying to figure out how to make the element stones work. Oh, um, just prior to this, Lilu is still, even though she's injured, she's like still reading her Encyclopedia mm-hmm. Britannica and she gets to W and she learns all about war and war. human uh, destruction and things like that. And so she's kind of like, well, maybe I don't want to see. Let yeah, the bitch she's, like, <laughs> she's very much on that team. She's like, I don't know about this. You guys are kind of trash. Yeah. Like, look what you do to yourselves. Yeah. Constantly. So yeah. now we're, it, so while she's having this like existential crisis, <laughs> they figure out how to place all the stones on the pillars in the pyramid, but nothing's happening. They're like, ta-da. And, <laughs> you know, like, and then we, Lilu is catatonic. And so yes. she's just like speaking in riddles at this point. Yes. He's like, bitch, wake up. <laughs> like you're not helping you. right now. Help us, please. And then David is like, come on, or something. And like breathes on his stone, which happens to be the air stone. Mm-hmm. And it like opens up. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what I did. And so they're all like trying to talk to their stones and <laughs> yeah. nothing's happening. And then it clicks for Corbin, like, oh it's the elements right so it's it's what Lilu said because she was like wind blows and fire burns and they're like what are you saying right now (laughs) and and Ruby's like go back I don't I don't have a a lighter letting it all on fire and then he goes to the and then he goes to the priest he's like father you smoke I don't smoke if I would have known I would have had matches (laughs) Corbin my man I have no fire And Corbin has one match and they're all like bated breath. Yeah. The fuck out. <laughs> I I tell you this, if if the world was in my hands on me lighting a match, we would you dead. would sneeze. I go, no, it's it's not even that. I can't light matches well. I will go through four or five of the bitches before. And then I get nervous because they never lit. And so when I finally get one that does, I burn, I light all the other ones so I could blow it out and say, okay, now they won't start a fire in the garbage can. (laughs) (laughs) That's my logic. So luckily Corbin is able to heat up the last stone. They all do their magic and, and the fifth element is Lilo, not just Lilo, but like love and so someone needs to love and take care of Lilu, which was probably I'm assuming what the diva was alluding to like right she needs to feel like she's going to be taken care of because she has the burden of the world on her mm-hmm. why speak in riddles then 
these are your last breaths. <laughs> Why not say that? Why we gotta go through all of this? I can't. You know, it's because it's magical and mythical. Magic. It's you know, your brain is probably doing some weird stuff when you're dying, so you can't probably. really be like super articulate. <laughs> oh, like smart point. enough to be saying riddles and shit. <laughs> She's still not about it. She's like, what's the point? Y'all suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then Corbin, just like a man, bitch, we got like two seconds left. Yeah. Tell that bitch you love her. What are yeah. you doing? There's a giant burnt pie in the sky. Like, yeah. this to go? <laughs> and so like, he's literally sitting there and she says, what's the use of saving life? I see what you do with it. And he said, love is always worth saving, but like, won't actually tell her, bitch, I love you. And so she says, I don't know, love, like, what more do you You need, need. Corbin? And she's crying. Yeah. She's so distraught. (laughs) And this man just, just, and she's like, friends are watching. And then to, to like lay it on real thick, she was like, I was built to protect, not to love. <laughs> She's like <laughs> flailing. <his> <laughs> <laughs> she needed a good fainting couch for she that. She did. Yeah, you know? And so he finally tells her he loves her. The countdown begins from 10. And now they're making out in the middle of the elements. <laughs> and the burnt pie in the sky is dead. It's destroyed because the fifth element of love saved the universe and then the stones close Mm -hmm. up because their job here is done so do we have to do this again in five thousand years that's what i'm thinking because the whole point is like every five thousand years we got to be ready but like that whole race of aliens that were protecting and doing all the things the armadillos they did who's gonna carry on a lot of them are dead I think I don't know if the whole race was dead but that's the way like I always think about it it's kind of like in Zelda how like every 10,000 years you just have to fight Ganon again it's just kind (laughs) of that's gonna happen you know (laughs) but then it's like so does Lilu have to find someone to love every 5,000 years, I guess. Is it Lilo or is she having kids or are they creating another being? Does she live that long? Does she age? I got questions. Or, I, I or read somewhere it... that she was cloned. Like her original, whoever she was before, they took a clone of her and that's the Lilo now. So she's pretty much a tart, like immortal like us. So good luck, Bruce Willis. Like you're going to die one day. I know. And she has to live on. And then what if she's pining for you? And it's like, there will be no other Corbin Dallas multipass. And then she's like, no, I refuse to love in 5,000 years. And then like just the whole universe implodes with the burn pie in the sky. You are not going 5,000 years without good dick. You're going (laughs) to, you're going to find love again. Well, she could find some, some good vagina too. You don't know. Fine, you're right. I'm <laughs> just you're absolutely positively right. And she could find alien punan. She could mm-hmm. that weird elephant thing might have been a sexual <laughs> toy. I don't know. Whatever her preferences. The Balchinians from yeah. Men in Black. Yeah. There's she's got options. She does because she is the supreme being. Right. And she's perfect, as she everyone has perfect. told us. <laughs> <laughs> all right ladies so we did it we made it through the fifth element so 
next up, Laura, what is your rating for now for 2022? Oh, it is uh, 100% a would buy, would buy it again. I love this movie. I have it on on Blu-ray. We bought it again to watch it so I could take more detailed notes. So like, I'm all about it. I have the tattoo, like I'm set, like (laughs) my jam. And Jackie? would buy would buy it again I own it on iTunes it's one of Ken's favorite movies and probably a tie for first of his favorite score slash soundtrack the other being Pride and Prejudice because we know Ken (laughs) (laughs) but he loves this movie and he has fallen asleep to the soundtrack so often that like when we put it on and it was later in the evening immediately passed out it's just like his lullaby to go to sleep is the fifth element (laughs) my rating stays the same it's still a five-day rental I do not own it and after all these years I remember watching it a lot when I was younger but I haven't had the inkling to say oh I want to sit down and watch the fifth element and after re-watching it and being confused (laughs) I think I'm good if it comes on again I might watch it but I didn't hate it but it's not going to be something I'll watch a lot and also the man, the, the director bothers mm. me. So yeah. 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 So let's get into some of the fun facts that we missed really quickly. Elizabeth Berkeley also auditioned for the part of Lulu. She did not get it. Um, I could not. I can't. No. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. I'm not excited about that option at no. all. Mm-mm. Leon, the professional, helped the movie get made. So he obviously, this is his lifelong project. He's been writing it since he was 16, but he couldn't get the funding. And so he had to do the professional first. And it was so successful that they finally were able to say, okay, no problemo. You got it. Movie is yours. And then two hours after reading the movie script, Bruce Willis agreed to take a reduced salary up front and instead opt for a percentage of the film's profits. Bravo, Bruce Willis. Bravo. Smart. Saw, yeah. saw, saw more than Mel Gibson, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were wondering why Lilo's kicks were so high, bitch had a fake leg. That's <laughs> An artificial leg was used for her high kicks. Very smart. The director and Jovovich were married in 1997, but divorced two years later. Not I surprised. wonder why. No. <laughs> That's surprised. And then lastly, for production design, the director recruited French comic book artist Jean Mobius Girard Claude Mazares. Oh, I butchered that. I apologize, Jean Claude. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to our French listeners. We apologize. All right. Well, Laura, we appreciate you. We're hey. so glad that you joined us. Did you have fun? Oh my God, this is so much fun. Ever since Jackie gave me permission to be on the show, I've been thinking about it. I was like, I got to do research and I got to have good notes and I'm going to do this. So it was just so much fun. And I hope I get to come back. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, if you guys have any hard opinions on our hard opinions, (laughs) hit us up on social media at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you would like to share your opinions vocally, Jackie, how can they reach out to us? 
you can leave us a message at the quick drop 909-601-6653-909-601 NMLF. Leave us some feedback, suggest future movies, Tell us what you liked or disliked. Give us some corrections. Heather's really good at that. <laughs> Blockbuster, video stories, favorite moments, and more. And you can be featured on a future episode. Do you think more people should listen to the show? We do too. We do too. <laughs> uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. And it will really help us reach new listeners. I just want to give a really quick shout out to one of our Alumina Potty friends for being just so generous and featuring us on their show. Robbie, what's up, Robbie? Just want to say thank you so much. Check out Conversations with Robbie on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. It's a great show and we are just so thankful for our pod pals. And if you want to see more clips and behind the scenes, fun things on what's going on in the show, how else can they do that, Jack? Sign up to be a Patreon bestie like Laura at patreon.com slash no more late fees. You can receive exclusive content, stickers, ask me anything, polls, bonus videos, live Spotify playlists, and more. So hop on over to Patreon and join one of our tiers. And stay tuned for next week because we are heading to the altar with the best man. I'm very excited. <laughs> this will be our introduction to our month of February where we will, we will be showcasing different movies. It's about to be blackity black, 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 <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Jackie was being sweet, but I'm telling you, it's all black all black history month so we're gonna honor it we're just gonna do some fun movies that show some good representation and just have some fun so stay tuned and as always be kind and rewind the 1990s my very favorite decade especially for music this is dope nostalgia and i'm your host naomi carmack and every week we revisit the era that brought us hammer pants crystal pepsi Pogs, Hypercolor, Pokemon, and some of the greatest songs of all time. On Dope Nostalgia, not only do I have episodes where I talk about the big artists of the 90s with friends, but sometimes those big artists come on the show. Past guests include Naughty by Nature, George Lamont, Alana Miles, Color Me Bad, Biff Naked, Ed the Sock, Shakespeare's Sister, Too Unlimited, The Funky Bunch, Technotronic, Rosala, Tara Kemp, Mr. Big, Honeymoon Sweet, Right said Fred, and so many more. You can always leave us a voicemail and tell us what you think, and we'll play it on the show. 780-851-8785. Dope Nostalgia. A podcast made for 90s kids like me. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are served.